We're watching films on the toilet Cause that's what dads have to do When the movie's unsuitable for your kids Then pretend you need a number two If you need a break from your family or spouse There's a lavatorial picture house Watch Terminator 2 while you're sitting on the loo Enjoy the whole of Rambo 4 with your trousers on the floor We're watching films on the toilet How about you? So MTV I've started putting videos on YouTube, really old jackass clips. Yeah. So there was a compilation of Bam Margera beating the hell out of his dad. And Bam would just come and thump him over and over and over again. Yeah. Like, I thought it was hilarious at the time, but now thinking about if my kids did that to me in their 20s, I wouldn't want to speak to them again for quite a long time. I think he's a terrible parent because the worst he does is go, hey, you're crazy. <laughs> Stop it, Bam! Stop it! One of my kids did that to me. I could make them leave the house. I'll see you at Christmas time, but no other time. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe, like, on your birthday, but no other time. He went off the rails big time, didn't he, old Bam? He did, and I'm thinking that now is the perfect time for Phil to get his revenge. <laughs> Sneak up on him, start duffing him up yep. when his son's fresh out of rehab <laughs> yeah. for the umpteenth time. You know, I think Phil might have been playing <laughs> the long game. I'm on the USS Missouri. The ship has been hijacked by a group of mercenaries. They've murdered most of the crew, and I'm the only one who can stop them. But I'm just a cook. Coming up on the bridge now, there doesn't appear to be anyone here. Oh, it sounds like there's somebody in the bathroom. That's right, it's me, Tommy Lee Jones. I've locked myself in the bathroom. Oh yeah? Well, why don't you come out so I can beat you in a knife fight? No, thank you. I'm just fine sitting on the toilet. Well, I can beat you in hand-to-hand -hand combat if you prefer. Well, no, I don't think so. I knew hijacking this ship would be difficult, but I had no idea I'd end up trapped on here with two of the worst human beings on the planet. You're saying that I, Steven Seagal, am one of the worst human beings on the planet? Yes, indeed, that is what I'm saying. Okay, well, who's the other one? Hey, it's me, Gary <laughs> Okay, maybe you have a point. How about I rip his throat out, and then we turn one of those tomahawk missiles on ourselves? Sounds good to me. Hey! Hello! Oh, what? Another one? No way. Are we doing this again? Seems like it. I'm Ben. I'm Eamon. And this is our podcast, Watching Films on the Toilet. I'm going to explain to you the premise of this podcast. Go on. If you haven't worked it out already. Yeah, sure. We're watching films on the toilet. But why? Why? It's quite simple. We are early middle-aged men with very young families, wives, mm. jobs. Not very young wives. Oh yeah, no, our wives, uh, your wife is younger than you. Only a little bit. My, I've got an old wife. Your wife's twice your age, isn't she? She is, yeah, and uh, she looks better every year. <laughs> the idea is that we watch the films that we know our wives won't want to watch or that our children can't watch in the only place we can get five minutes peace and quiet, which is in the toilet. Mm. We watch the films in the toilet and then we talk about them at the end of the week that's right that's what we do you got it yet you idiot <laughs> jesus we've said it already we've said it so many times so this week we are discussing andrew davis's 1992 steven seagal starring boat film under siege Whoop. you can do all the noises <laughs> <laughs> what is that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Little That's horn. good. Thank you. You need the impression of a Cornishman mm -hmm. whose Wi-Fi has just gone out for the fourth time. <laughs> okay. 
Rosemary, where's the Wi-Fi to? Very good. You're like that guy from uh, Police Academy. What was he called? Foghouse? <laughs> What's he called? The guy... The guy did also. Oh, Foghouse? <laughs> no. Oh, jeez, what's his name? <laughs> he wasn't called Foghouse. He's not called Foghouse. Okay, hang on, I have to have a look. What was he uh, called? Oh, so he's called Michael Winslow is the is the actor. <laughs> Lavel Jones. What? That was his name in the film? Lavel Jones, yeah. Did he not have a different name? Foghouse. No. <laughs> No, no one's ever called Foghouse. Uh, someone must have had a name like that. There's Tackleberry. No. Hightower. Hi that's who I'm thinking of. Hightower. Hightower. Well, I mean, it's not nothing like Foghouse. He was the uh, the really tall guy. Did he not make the noises? And No, he, he was just a giant guy. Oh. Anyway, uh, you have some toilet news, Eamon. I sure do, Ben. Thank goodness. Okay. Chinese public toilet forces people to scan their faces before being allowed loo paper to reduce waste. Oh. A paper dispenser with facial recognition was sponsored at the toilet in Don Guan. Yeah. It asked people to scan their face before giving out tissue paper to reduce waste. The toilet goers are only allowed to take the loo paper once every seven minutes. Mm. But residents are concerned that the machine could leak personal information. Ooh. Would you be worried about the number of times you go to the toilet every day becoming public knowledge? Not really. I don't think it's something I could really lose my job over. Unless you're going to the toilet at work mm -hmm. so frequently that you're not doing your job properly. I mean, I feel like when it comes to personal information, there's bigger fish to fry. Yes. In fact... That's almost like one of the least embarrassing things because it's just a biological function that you have to do. Yeah. If you like took a picture of your dump <laughs> and then had like a mugshot of you with the dump superimposed underneath, <laughs> then yes. Yeah, that would be slightly more embarrassing. I'm not sure I would like that. No, I don't think I would like that either. If you could see anyone's poo in the whole world, who, who would it be? <laughs> I'd be curious to see what a uh, Robert Downey Jr. poop looked like. But it's fantastic. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's really healthy. It's probably got one of those little Iron Man beards on it as well. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, there's only one person you should want to see his poo, and that, of course, is the Queen. Oh, yeah, of course. She is the last good thing about the royal family. And if you had a photo of one of her big dumps... That could be, that could end the monarchy in the UK. I mean, it depends. I imagine she's fed very well and has a very regular a movement. Yeah. I don't know. I've got a feeling that she struggles with it. Just reading between the lines, just looking at her, and she often gets caught short. And around the grounds of Balmoral, she has to wear a, a giant tartan nappy. <laughs> Don't you think? I couldn't say. Could I be hung now as some kind of traitor to the nation? By I think maybe you'd be put on a rack and stretched. And Prince Philip would come along and be like, mm, talk about my wife's nappy. <laughs> like that. He'd... Talk about my wife's nappy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what it would be like. <laughs> okay, let's uh, have another story then. Go for it. Man falls into pit of poo after police chase on A259 in Sussex. Mm. A man who had been travelling in a stolen car was found neck deep in a pile of slurry uh, <laughs> while running from... <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> while running from police. Mm. Yeah, this guy 
he was suspected of stealing a car. He got out, the police chased him, and he fell into a, a pile of poo. And oh, the police had man. to pull him out. I don't know yeah. how they got him in the car after that. I would Maybe they just walked him to the station or hosed him down or something. Hosed him down? Yeah. That's amazing. Neck deep in slurry is like pure partridge. It's so funny. <laughs> And it, yeah. and it paints such a brilliant image as well. Like just <laughs> arriving at, <laughs> at a pit and just seeing a man's head <laughs> poking out. <laughs> I've been covered from head to foot in human slurry. Yes, you have. I worked one Easter in the um, camel's head uh, sewage treatment works in Plymouth. And side note, there were some of the nicest people I've ever worked with, which I suppose you'd have to be if, if that's where you work. But yeah often as a student when you go and work in somewhere for like a temp job or whatever you get treated with a bit of hostility yeah. probably because they dealt with a lot of annoying students in the past but these yeah. guys which is so awesome on, the, on like the first day the foreman said he was like right, two things once you've been out there don't touch your face don't touch your <laughs> and the second thing he said was like at some point you will get covered in <laughs> it's gonna happen you just have to get your head around that and make peace with it now <laughs> <laughs> and then sure enough all the sewage sits in these enormous great below ground level tanks yeah i had to kind of walk around and make sure all the solids went to the bottom oh, and God. at any given time one tank was being pumped into another one so we'd have this like generator going yeah and the pipes were shackled together right with these sort of big clamps and one of these these shackles hadn't been connected properly. Oh, no. And I was stood next to the generator when it got fired up. Yeah. So the, the generator turned on and then the shackles just broke apart. And oh. all this, this poo went oh, no. everywhere and I got covered. Wow. Your, your face? I went on my hair. I don't think it went on my face. Uh, so I had to go and uh, I just had a big shower. Yeah. But in a way, I kind of, it's almost like an initiation. Did everyone like, go, Ray! when you went back in? Shaking my hand. Do you know the, you know the <laughs> bit where, uh, so you know the bit in uh, Goodfellas when uh, Henry Hill yeah. first goes to prison? Yeah. It's like that. Oh, he broke his cherry. Yeah, everyone was saying things like that, yeah. Oh, <laughs> it sounds like it was for the best. <laughs> it certainly was. So, it's time to dip in. To Under Siege. Okay. How many sittings did it take you to get through Under Siege? Uh, it was four. Okay. That's not bad. How about you? Uh, six. I've developed a little routine, actually. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that some people are very regular in their movements, as you'd put okay. it. Okay. There's a fellow I work with who, at the same time every day, for half an mm. hour or so, he will go to the toilet. But I don't really work like that. So I've tried to establish one. I'm not actually going to the toilet, but it looks like I am. I have quite a short commute from work. So mm. when I get home, I say hi to mm. everyone and I go and sit in the toilet for 20 minutes. That's amazing. And it's fine because when I get home, everyone's busy. The boys are doing their homework, playing a game. My wife's still working. So it's perfect. And it gives me a nice a little chunk of time. And then I come out and then I can make dinner. I can, you know, do what I need to do. It's going really well. Ben, hats off to you. That is fantastic. Yeah, I love that. Thanks, mate. I'm going to start doing a routine. Yeah, get yourself a routine. Okay, so now it's time for the big wee summer week. Hey, hey. This week, I drank two eight-packs of Actimel. Wow. It's good when you have a dicky tum, which I did have. Oh, you did, So I thought, well, why don't I combine these two things? Yeah. And so I chugged down 
16 individual actimels. Yeah. And then uh, the next day I did a wee lasting one minute and six seconds. How do you feel about that minute and six? Feel confident? I still don't think I'm very good at judging time. There's no incentive for you to do it to time other than the neatness of the format point. I'd be quite pleased if I got it right. Yeah. Okay. And your marks, get set, go. Under Siege takes place on a battleship. This is the soon-to-be decommissioned USS Missouri. Uh, Steven Seagal plays an insubordinate chef, petty officer, who gets locked in a freezer when he falls out with Gary Boosie, which means he misses out on the band and the Playboy Playmate that have been flown in for the captain's surprise birthday party. Luckily, the band are actually a group of mercenaries led by Tommy Lee Jones, who murder half of the crew and take control of the ship. So Stephen doesn't miss out on any actual entertainment. He's very lucky. Tommy Lee Jones spends a long time trying to convince the Pentagon that he's crazy. But actually, his men plan to steal some missiles from the battleship by loading them into a submarine that he stole from North Korea. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, his plans are somewhat scuppered when Stephen manages to escape from the freezer and takes out all the bad men with the help of his uh, other chef friends and the Playboy Playmate. Turns out Stephen's actually a former Navy SEAL and he's really good at what he does, which includes throwing people, knife fighting, ripping out people's throats and blowing up submarines with Gary Boosie on them. Tommy Lee Jones is not happy about this, so he launches two nuclear warheads at Honolulu and then Stephen puts a knife in his head and disarms the missiles. And that is the whole film. Pretty good there. Um, a minute and 18 seconds. Oh, okay. All right. So, I'm getting uh, closer. Very, very good. And a very good summary as well. So, first impressions, how did you feel about the character of Casey Ryback? So, Under Siege tried to follow the die-hard formula. It was written by a guy called J.F. Lawton, who also wrote Pretty Woman. He got paid a million dollars for this script. Sweet. So, you got this die-hard formula, which is um, terrorists hijack a location that can be locked down and a everyman hero is the only person that can stop them. So films like Passenger 57, which is Die Hard on a Plane, Cliffhanger, which is Die Hard on a Mountain. Mm -hmm. More recently, something like Skyscraper with The Rock, mm -hmm. Die Hard in a Big Building. The problem with this is there is no everyman character. Yeah. It's a Navy SEAL. So they've missed, you know, when you think about Die Hard, John McClane constantly doubts himself we are always worrying, how is this normal cop going to take down this group of terrible terrorists? He has to be very resourceful. He gets mm -hmm. beaten up. Whereas Steven Seagal, yeah. there's never any doubt that he's going to take them out. He doesn't suffer at all. <clears throat> and that is why his character is not particularly interesting at all. <laughs> there is no sense of jeopardy in this, no. in this film. And as you say, Die Hard is a perfect comparison because... When you watch that film the first time, you just get this sense of, of John McClane squeaking by on the skin of his teeth. Yeah, he has to psych himself up, doesn't he, to do everything. But also, like, Hans Gruber and his crew have, like, a number of victories. Yes. He gets his detonators back. He kidnaps McClane's wife. Yeah. Um, they actually get the money that they want. Yeah. You know, he's a legit threat in this. And I feel like this This is obviously, like, Seagal's ego. Yes. I imagine the conversation went, well, I'll take this part, but I want the character to be so good at what he does, he literally never has, he never loses. No, that's it. And I think he wanted to direct it initially, 
but then they got Andrew Davis on to work on it, who had worked with Seagal on a, a couple of other films. I mean, it's tonally such an odd film. So you start with this kind of 90s high-budget action movie serif font, mm. which sort of makes you think this film is, is taking itself a lot more seriously than it should. Then you get these really big shots of, of the battleship smashing through the waves, which are yeah. really impressive. I mean, it's like an advert for the Navy, isn't it? And funnily enough, the guy who shot it is Frank Tidy, who'd worked on a lot of commercials with Ridley Scott. Well, the Navy also won't allow people to use their hardware unless you paint them in a positive light. Yeah. He's a great director. And, and the film after this he did was The Fugitive, which I think is like an absolute classic. But the like I was saying, so the tone... So you've got that opening, but then you get this kind of mm. animal house on a boat, this fraternity, like petty arguments. Seagal gets locked in a freezer. Mm. Gary Boosie dresses up in drag. Yeah. And there's and the Tommy Lee Jones character as well. He's just, I'm crazy. I'm, I'm crazy. I'm rock and roll, man. Mm. And he comes in. But then it's like a series of brutal murders. Yeah. But the weird thing is Tommy Lee Jones has been acting as the as a manager of this band mm -hmm. so you expect his character to change mm -hmm. but it doesn't That's he just right. continues to be this crazy rock and roll guy throughout the film yeah there's no change because you've got gary boosie who's completely wild mm -hmm. you've got seagal who's stone cold mm -hmm. if tommy lee jones had been more maybe like de niro in heat yeah. like that icy cold mm -hmm. which you'd expect from someone who's going to steal a battleship and has also managed to get hold of a North Korean a nuclear submarine. Yeah. You would think he'd be very professional, but no, he's crazy. Yeah. He's absolute wild man. Do you think he learnt the harmonica just for this heist? Absolutely. That was what most of the planning time was. It's like yeah. they got all the logistics down, but they <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones had to master the harmonica, which which took ages. Not only does he pretending to be this this wild man who then becomes a mercenary. Yeah. <laughs> There's also, it's kind of like a blink and you miss it, but the lead singer in their band yeah. has got this really bluesy, you know, soulful voice. Yeah. And then, 10 seconds later, you see him gunning people down with a <laughs> yeah. newsy. It's such a, it's such a weird, just completely disparate images. That's it. The advert in the paper from Tommy Lee Jones band, band <laughs> of mercenaries required must also play instruments I know well, how do you feel about Gary Boosie <laughs> he's a lunatic yeah um, apparently it was his idea to dress up in drag that makes perfect sense which which completely makes sense yeah and then he just goes through the rest of the film again just being the character he was at the start they're all having a right lol shooting up all these sailors and dealing the nuclear missiles it doesn't really make sense character wise because the first time you see him he starts a fight with Seagal and then you hear him later on talking to the captain saying I, I don't like this guy you need to get rid of him or whatever yeah so someone that uptight is not likely to drag up for a big party are they yeah it just doesn't really the Seagal and Boosie combo I do feel like that would have been very hard work to be on that boat with them agreed got Seagal who is a legendary liar yeah and Boosie who is 
very unhinged. <laughs> I've actually got some stories, okay. some pretty legendary tales about Boosie and Seagal. I'm not going to say whether these are true or not. Mm-hmm. I just found them on the internet. But I'm going to say a few and I want you to guess whether I'm talking about Gary Boosie or Steven Seagal. I'm ready. Okay, this actor was sued for driving a tank into a house <laughs> and killing a dog. <laughs> Killing a dog isn't funny, but you know. the, no driving the house, driving a tank into a house is so ludicrous. Yeah, um, it was that Seagal. That was Seagal. So yeah. in 2011, whilst filming his show Steven Seagal Lawman, mm. Seagal along with Sheriff Joe. Arpeo raided the house of a man suspected of running a cockfighting ring. Yeah. Um, they used a tank to drive through the front <laughs> of his house because, you know, that's how you deal with that situation, right? Yeah. And they killed his dog in the process. Mm-hmm. The excessive force mm. was because uh, Seagal said, one of my pet peeves is animal cruelty. Oh, God. So, okay. you know, the irony yes. that he ends up driving over a dog with Jeez. a tank. Okay. This actor kicked the lead actor of a film he was working on in the stomach when the lead actor introduced himself. It's so insane. Uh, Boosie? It was Boosie. So this was on the set of the of Piranha 3D. Yeah. Apparently the lead actor went up to Boosie, introduced himself, and he kicked him in the stomach <laughs> and said, get him off this set. Okay. When John Leguizamo laughed at this actor mm-hmm. for claiming he was in charge of the set... On a film they were shooting together, the actor punched John Leguizamo in the chest. <laughs> God. Uh, I'm going to go Boosie again. That was Steven Seagal, apparently. Jeez. So Seagal came onto the set, said, I'm in charge here. Then, yeah, John Leguizamo laughed mm. and he slammed him up against the wall, hit him in the chest, did something. Oh my God. This actor told a fellow cast member, I've just read the greatest script ever written. And when asked by the co-star who wrote it, he replied, I did. <laughs> uh, I think that's Boosie. That's Seagal. <laughs> God's sake. Yeah, that's Seagal, apparently. Okay, okay. Oh, this is amazing. Okay. This actor came to blows with another actor on set again mm. uh, when they had a disagreement over what heaven looks like. <laughs> This whole story is amazing. Is that Boosie? It is Boosie. Yeah. So Boosie starred in a 2003 film called Quigley, in which he is reincarnated as a dog mm-hmm. who has to right all the wrongs he's done as a human being. Okay. So they dressed the set to look like heaven. Yeah. And Boosie said, apparently, it's nothing like this. I've been to heaven. <laughs> it doesn't look like this. Yeah. The sofa's all wrong. The mirror's ridiculous. Mm. They don't even have mirrors. This is a quote, apparently. Wow. And then another guy on the set, who'd also claimed to have died, mm. said, no, actually, heaven looks just like this. And they ended up having a fist fight. Amazing. Because Boosie was in a, a motorcycle crash in 1988. Yeah. In which I think during the surgery he died. Okay. Technically, and then came back. So, so he knows what heaven looks like. Jeez, Louise! I'm starting to notice a pattern, which is that anything involving grandiosity or narcissism is usually Seagal, and anything mm. that's batch crazy <laughs> is Boosie. <laughs> that's basically it. Yeah. So it's it's weird, given all of that. It, it's disappointing that Boosie doesn't bring all of that craziness to this character i think he tried also just a couple of other shout outs i'd like yeah. to give cast wise ramirez 
who's Raymond Cruz, who has very little to do. He's Tuco Salamanca from Breaking Bad. Yeah. So brilliant actor, mm-hmm. just given nothing to do. Also a guy called Mr. Pitt, who's like the weapons expert that Tommy Lee Jones brings on board, looks exactly like Sid Little. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to see Sid Little yeah. launching nukes, check out Under Siege. It's something I've always wanted to see. I'd love to see that. Sid Little launch a, a massive nuke. Well, you, you wouldn't know where to fire it because his glasses are so thick. <laughs> fire it backwards, wouldn't he? Be trying to fire it someplace and then it'd go the other place by mistake. Yeah, wouldn't he? Oh, where's that nuke to, Sid? <laughs> oh, is that, what's that coming towards us? Oh, t- oh you've done you, it again, You've bro. done it in the wrong place. That is actually the plot of Under Siege 2. Sid Little going ham with, uh, with a, a, a nuclear arms. It's Steven Seagal superimposed on Sid Little's body running away from a nuclear missile that he's fired at himself. <laughs> I, that would have been much better than Under Siege 2. Oh, God, that's an absolute train wreck. I don't want to get too... Stop, Ben. Did you hear my joke? <laughs> Sorry, Ovid. That was very funny. Thank you. <laughs> there is a train wreck yeah it ends with a train wreck no I get it because you've acted as if you hadn't heard it or you didn't think it was good do you want to explain it a bit more I would love to go on then so <laughs> at the end <laughs> so Under Siege 2 is set on a train and at the end of the film there's a big train wreck that's the joke oh I get yeah. it now that was really Yay. funny well done Thanks. how did you feel about Erica Eleniak uh, I think she's a bad actress. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she's very good at all. Mm. In fairness, the character is, I mean, it's, it's so paper thin. Yeah. I read somewhere that, to begin with, like, Seagal thought this character was risible. Yes. Uh, that's my word, not his. Yes. And, um... <laughs> risible. <laughs> <laughs> He's never said that. He's never said that in his life. Uh, he thought his character was flimsy and, and pointless. And then only after, like, he got involved in the writing process and really beefed it up yeah did he think it was like suddenly now the character you see on screen is top draw and really like integral to the that's right to to the film yeah which i mean just says it all she was the main reason that all the 13 year old boys at school enjoyed the film oh yeah i remember when it first came out if you were on telly and and if you recorded it then you became an instant celebrity in your class because everyone yes when she bursts out of the cake you get to see her naked, and, and for a 13-year-old, that's just, you know... Mate, I lent you on the siege three weeks ago. You haven't brought it back yet. Yeah. I mean, this is like, just goes to show how, how, how much things have changed, because yeah. obviously this is pre-internet days, so recording something like that was so important to say you had access to, to any, like, a naked lady. I remember a good friend of ours lent me a film on VHS. I can't remember what the movie was, but halfway through it was during the adverts mm. he went to one of the music channels and he watched the whole of Enrique's hero video <laughs> which ate into <laughs> about three minutes of the actual film and then he went yeah. back to it i know who that is great. i think i think you don't think you'd thank us if we named him so no yeah. we we won't but name that him. was but i remember I, that and, and just it was finding good. it like hilarious one of the things i struggle with the most about this film is that it's set on a boat and I can't stand boats. Yes. Which is devastating to your dad, isn't it? Because he loves boats. <sighs> it's hard to talk about. Mm. He does love boats. He had a wooden sailboat. When I was about 12, 13, he kept trying to get me into boating. Mm. But number one, 
you know, there's not a lot of meat on me, Eamon. Right. And when I was 12, I was practically skeletal. <laughs> so any cold, wet situation was not going to work very well for me. Number two, I get terrible motion sickness. Mm-hmm. And number three, I have a very rational fear of the sea. Yeah. So those three things combined meant I was I was never going to be a sailor. Yeah. So yeah, I, one particular time he took, it was the last time he took me out on a boat. Uh, we went into the Plymouth Sound mm-hmm. and um, it was quite choppy. I probably imagine, remember it being an awful lot choppier than he does. Yeah. And I just, I was just like, I don't, I can't just get me back to the shore. Mm-hmm. I don't like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we never went out on a boat again. Yeah. I feel like it would be a lot like me watching the raid with my sons when they're a bit older. And one of them saying, it's too violent, dad, switch it <laughs> off. Be like, oh God, that's it. We're never going to bond. Yeah. It was sad. But thankfully, yeah, yeah. you became the son he never had mm. fairly recently, didn't you? It did, yeah. yeah. We went down to, to near where your dad lives for a holiday. And because we knew he was like had canoes and stuff, we just asked if we could borrow his canoe yeah. and take the fam out. He was more than happy. And, oh, God. It made his yeah. day. Like He loved it. He absolutely loved it. He started patting me on the back a lot, called me son <laughs> accidentally once or twice. Yeah. And he kept on comparing me favorably to you and lots of other things. It's just like, well, Ben can only bench press about 20 kilo. I, I bet you can do more. I bet you can do more. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you got a lot more meat on you than Ben ever had. <laughs> You're not shivering at all. <laughs> you haven't been sick once. You've got a nice smile on your face when you're in that boat. That's what he said. <laughs> Yeah, you yeah. really said that. My dad sounds nothing like that, but no, it, it works really well. No. <laughs> Funnily enough, I remembered, I think I'd been quite ill around a Christmas time. Right. And you and your dad came to visit me. Yeah. We came to my house to bring me a, a Christmas present. And I yeah. was watching a Kurosawa movie. And your mm-hmm. dad, me and your dad, really bonded over that. He yeah. was really impressed and uh, we had a good old chat about those films yeah i was wept on the way home <laughs> you were because, livid and he was just i was just trying not to think about it <laughs> got a new son trying not to think about it should we swap dads yeah i think a new podcast i think dad swap dad swapping yeah. dads on the toilet <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what that means i mean i can or i can guarantee you that podcast doesn't exist. <laughs> no. Doesn't ex- doesn't exist in this country anyway. Yeah, might do. <laughs> I really hope there's a Spanish version. <laughs> <laughs> What's it called? Right, I'm be? finding it out. To find it out. Intercambiar papas en el baño. Oh. Yeah, oh, that's probably wretched Spanish. Do you, do you think we can get lovely Joe, who created the theme tune for us, to do a, a Spanish theme? With uh, well, that would mean that I have to sing the Spanish theme. Well, we have to. So well, that we have to come up with new lyrics now, don't we, for swapping dads on the toilet? Inter cambia papas en el baño. I'll have a word. I'm I'm in. Okay, so people were talking about why Seagal was popular because it's quite yeah. difficult to get your head around. He was different to people like Arnie and Van Damme. He seemed like a much more 
normal yeah. guy with a more realistic fighting style. Mm -hmm. The whole Aikido thing is based on self-defense, taking people down as quickly as possible. It works well in everyday environments. So shops, mm -hmm. bars, he throws people into shelves, bottles. There's a lot of smashing, takes them down quickly. He breaks their arms. It's exciting. And it was something that hadn't really been seen before. It was very different to the Kung Fu style, which is very much mm. back and forth. But in this film, he's meant to be stealthy. Yeah. But he'll sneak up on someone, but then present himself to mm. them so they can then run at him and he can throw them. I see what you mean, yeah. It just doesn't really work particularly that well. Doesn't make also, sense. within the confines of the boat, there's not an awful lot to throw people mm. into. I, in terms of the action, I agree with everything you just said, but at the same time, kind of quite liked how brutal it was and yeah. how, how graphic a lot of the violence was. Yeah, it is pretty brutal. Also, he handles guns really well. Yeah. There's something about the way that he does that thing with yeah. an automatic, he makes it look really cool. He does. And did he pioneer the the double-handed guns crossover. I'm fairly sure that was like a John Wooism. If someone could let me know, that would be great. But the, I thought it was ridiculous. But it's He's really... firing diagonally, yeah. yet hitting the guys in front of him. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't make logical sense, but I, it's one of those things that when you see it, my instinct was, well, there must be a reason why he's doing it, therefore it's really bad ass. <laughs> really? I didn't like, think that, that must that must mean something. Um, but I like the way he holds guns, and I also really like the A team little tricks. Like so, for example, he makes like a little bomb. Yes. Kills the power and puts it in the microwave. Yeah. He uses grenades. Lots. Yeah, he uses he grenades. He takes the pin out of a grenade and leans a, a thing of white spirit or something against it. Punctures a hole in it. Yeah. So that eventually, when the or the white spirit comes out, the thing will fall off and it blows up. That's the kind of stuff I would have liked to see more of. And I feel like yeah. if he'd just been a cook mm. using that resourcefulness to come up with little explosive recipes and stuff, it would have been a lot more interesting. There is a part later on where he dismantles a bomb yeah. to make a bomb. That's right, yeah. It lasts a really long time. Yeah, I could have quite happily seen just like tons of that and not a lot of fighting. Yeah. Just after he does that neat trick with the white spirit tin, yeah. Erica gets kidnapped, right? Mm. Which first of all creates a little bit of well-needed sort of dramatic tension that we've, we've not really had. Yes. But Sigal kills all of them immediately. Like he fires his gun like three times really, really quickly. It has like three headshots and the other team, yeah. he just like chops. He chops someone dead, doesn't he? Yeah, and it just, it's just stupid. It's like no, no one yeah. is that lethal. And also like we look at the Die Hard example. Yeah. When Hans Gruber kidnaps McLean's wife, yeah. all of a sudden the stakes have been raised and McLean no longer has the upper hand. Yeah. Whereas they start kidnapping Erica Laniac and he kills them all immediately and gets her back. Yeah. So any sense of jeopardy is now gone. <laughs> I guess they couldn't drag that out because we know he doesn't care about her at all. But the other thing, it's the same thing with like the flooding of the hold. Yeah. They go, well, we'll trap, put all the sailors in this hold and we'll flood it. Yeah. So it's a trap. Yes. So he'll come and get them out. Yeah. And then he finds a, a ragtag bunch of other people and they stop the compartment flooding almost immediately. Yes. Yeah. The drama is gone. <laughs> That's it. Done. So yeah. there's no build that he's never the dramatic tension never swings to the other side. So the bad guys have the upper hand. It's a series of incremental wins for Cigar, even to the point where Tommy Lee Jones has a gun trained on him. Yeah, right. you know the typical bad guy conversation. You're not. We're not so different. You and I. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's Cigar who says That's that. That's right. Just... <laughs> even the, the the bad guy monologue Cigar does. We're the same, you and me. Yeah.
leading on, would you mm-hmm. flush under siege down the toilet, or mm. would you fish it out of the bowl and keep it next to your bed, shall we say? So you can wake up and have a look at it. Keep it there with like my my keys, the book I'm reading. I would I would flush this film. Like I said, I liked some of the action, but there's no tension and uh, a lot of it is just daft. What about you? I'm with you. I think it's well paced. It is action packed. I think it looks good. There's some really cool explosions, but it just didn't work yeah. for me uh, overall. And I'm surprised at how much people seem to like it same well the only thing left for us to do is to decide the film we're watching for the next episode so this week we are choosing our favorite boat-based films boat-based films we have each picked five yeah taking a turn to guess the other person's picks whoever Mm -hmm. gets the most gets to choose the next film so we get three guesses Mm -hmm. and duplicates must be declared. And we have a forfeit, don't we, for the loser We do. Well. I was going to ask you about that, Eamon. So last mm-hmm. week, you had yeah. to spend a night, yeah. a whole night, <laughs> on the toilet. How did, did that too. go? Well, fortunately, it coincided with me getting some kind of, like, gastric float. <laughs> so I spent two nights on the toilet. So Every it actually, It's actually no biggie. Yeah. Yeah. I was oh, actually too busy to, like, doubled over in pain, which yeah. is why I've been train drinking Actimels. That's good. So I actually wasn't too bad. I feel like if I had to do it without the uh, tremendous stomach pain, mm. it might be a different issue. Well, you might have to do it this week, so let's see how it goes. Let's see how it goes. All right. Well, Perfect. would you like to go first? Oh, thank you. Yes, I will. Okay, Mm -hmm. I'm going to say one of your picks is Master and Commander. (laughs) Yes, Mm -hmm. yes, of course it is. Mm -hmm. Because it's it's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, I love the attention to detail. It just seems real. I really love, like, evocative, atmospheric films. And I think you can get away with so much if you create a really immersive environment. Yeah. And I think that that film does it incredibly. All right, jerk. <laughs> I, knew, I knew you'd get that one. <laughs> All you know is I like The Raid. That's it. Yeah, annoyingly, I didn't know that one day that we would turn our love of film into, like, a, a yeah. podcast format. And I should, should therefore have kept it secret. You should have. Okay, I'm going to say... I'm going to say Titanic. No, no, I did oh, not choose Titanic. Do you know what? I'm a massive James Cameron fan, and I think yeah. it's a good film. And when you, as a technical achievement, yeah. it's just it's astonishing. I think we saw it twice at the cinema, didn't we? Yeah. The second time I went to see it was mostly for the guy who falls all the way down the boat and bounces off the propeller. Propeller guy. Propeller guy. All right, all right next go. guess. Mm-hmm. Okay, this would be a duplicate. Mm-hmm. Jaws? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Just brilliant. My sons had been on about watching it for probably about four years. Yeah. Because I've got it on Blu-ray. So this year, Halloween, we all sat together and watched Jaws. And they loved it. And they sort of said afterwards, oh, wasn't that scary? It wasn't as scary as you made out to be. Yeah. But that night, my youngest son came into <laughs> into the bed. Aww. He was terrified. I, th- I don't know why he thought a shark would get him in his bedroom, but, you know. Yeah. It's how the small mind works, isn't it? He needs to have a chat with himself. Yeah, he needs to check himself. That's why I said, go back to your bed and check yourself. <laughs> Before you wreck yourself or just check yourself? No, he doesn't know that part. Yeah, well, I can't win now. I uh, know I can. I you can. can. Well, I, I can draw. We can keep going. I'm going to give you a clue. Thanks. Because let's make this interesting. Okay. It's a different James Cameron film. Oh, The Abyss? Yes. Yeah. Is that on a... Sh- that's not really a ship, though. It's sea-based, isn't oh, it? Is that- oh, gosh. I mean, I've been... Very rigid with my choices. Yeah. So 
if this is what we're doing, then... I don't think that's that far off. I think The Abyss is a brilliant Thank film. Thank you though. for that clue. And yes, you're right, it's brilliant. And I know... I know you wish James Cameron was your dad. I don't. I think he would be a terrible dad, James Cameron. <laughs> um, yeah. Every time you read about him or, or watch an interview about him, his ex- expectations are so high that no one can ever please him. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so he would be the worst dad to have. He'd be a good uncle, I think. Yeah, he'd buy you sweet gifts. He certainly would. Oh, big, yeah, he'd, he'd buy you a trip to the bottom of the ocean. One way trip. <laughs> Which would actually be awful. I'm not saying he's going to murder me. I don't know why I said that. He's not going to murder yeah, me. If he was your uncle, he'd probably kill you. <laughs> I don't know why I said that, but yeah. Oh, good. Well, I hope James Cameron never listens to this. I don't think oh, he will. God, please. Please like me, James Cameron. You've, you've blown it now. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no! Those guys said I would kill them if I was their uncle. <laughs> he'd be like, he'd be picking up the phone, yeah. dialing, dialing our number, and then his wife comes on. Have you seen what they've said about you? <laughs> they said you'd kill, kill your nephew. And he'd be like, to hell with them. Yeah. A little tear would run down his face. Yeah, he would. Anyway. Okay, well, since, since we're not doing actual boats, that's opened up my... Uh... Oh, it's my guess. Oh, yeah, it is, sorry. Well, we are. Mm. It's in the sea. Okay, next one for you. Hunt for the Red October. No. See, I would have, I would have put oh. that down, but I ruled oh. it out because it's a submarine, isn't it? It's not a boat. Oh, come on. You are no, kidding I'm me. I'm kidding you. That's like a boat. It's a boat that you can't get out of. Well. <laughs> was that the tagline <laughs> for the movie? Yeah. It's like a boat, yeah, a boat you can't get out of. Are, are any of your the rest of your choices on, on a boat, or are they all just sea-based? Yes. Yes. Uh, Life of Pi? No, I haven't seen it. Flipping Eck. Okay, yours. Captain Phillips? Yes. Yeah, damn it, yeah. Damn it. So, we... what was the rest of your list? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Martian Commander, Captain Phillips, Jaws. The 1972 version of the Poseidon Adventure with Gene Hackman. Okay, cool. Which is more a nostalgia thing yeah. because I watched it when I was younger and, and really liked it. And then also A Night to Remember which is the okay. 1950s version yeah. of the Titanic story, where, again, I watched that film, like a, an mm. afternoon matinee on a Sunday, and I just watched it on telly. Yeah. And I was only like like seven or eight. Yeah. And it, and it really freaked me out. I couldn't stop. I started talking. Like My mum got really worried about me because I wouldn't stop asking her questions about the Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> because it's just such a scary story. It's a terrifying story. Yeah. It's such a massive thing that just <clears throat> disappeared. Yeah. But anyway, so those are my picks. What are the rest of yours? Okay, so I had, yeah, The Abyss. Mm-hmm. I had Jaws. Mm-hmm. I had Das Boot. Yeah, okay, not a boat. Which is... <laughs> it's even got boat in the title. Or boot. Mm. It's like a boat. I mean, I would never want to go on a submarine. And after seeing this film, yeah. I didn't want to go on a submarine even more. Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. What? There's loads of boats in it. No, but, it's Black, but why, that, Black Pearl, but why that film? It's a great film. Is that the first one? First yeah, okay, one. Yeah, the first one's pretty good. It's so much fun. That introduction to Captain Jack Sparrow on the mast of the little boat, and yeah. it's, it sinks its way yeah, that is cool. onto the... It is, it's brilliant. That's funny. Okay. And uh, Dead Calm which stars Nicole Kidman and Sam Meal. I saw that when I was very young. Mm. It was one of the first thrillers I'd seen. Mm. And yeah, it freaked me out. I've not really seen it, but I feel like I've seen the end where he fires a flare into Billy Zane and his guts all light up. That's the ending. Pretty yeah, good he gets death. all he gets all lit up. 
It's essentially what you did to your relationship with James Cameron just now. Damn it. Fired a flare into it. Oh. When you're sleeping on the toilet, mm. you can think about what you've done and try and make up for it next time. I will do. Mm. You know, one of my next films to watch was going to be a James Cameron film. So thanks a bunch. Maybe you'll beat me next week. Well, it's a film set on trains next week. And by <laughs> trains, that includes cars <laughs> and f- dining rooms, <laughs> houses, and also anything set in space. <laughs> Good. Well, yeah. then you've got a strong chance. I'll give you a really rigorous set of rules to play by and then I'll just, just change them seconds before the competition. I did not give you a rigorous set of rules. You're more than film welcome. Set, film set on a boat. Yeah. It's a, boat. a submarine is a boat. Submarine's not a boat. Yeah, it is. Well, I'll tell you what, let's ask James Cameron because he's been in plenty of submarines yeah. and boats. I'm doubling down. This is like double or quits. It could either be like the... The death knell in my relationship with James. He might like that. He might bring it back to life. Yeah. One more spin of the dice. Oh, okay. Uh, Well, I do like submarines. Maybe I could. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's what you would say. Yeah, I think you'd say that. I think you'll be happy with the film we're watching next. All right, go on then. All right. 2007. We went to the cinema to see this together. It is James Wayne's Death Sentence. (gasps) Yay! I almost thought I'd pick that one. Oh I'm, oh, I'm looking forward to that. Great choice. I know that a line from that film has stayed with us. It has, yeah. And I think it's completely morphed into something that isn't in the film at all. Yeah, we're going to be bitterly disappointed when we hear him say that. We are. Yeah. We'll uh, talk a bit more about that next time. Hey, Eamon, that podcast was sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it certainly wasn't whack. <laughs> it was lit. <laughs> hey, hey, bro. Do you want to hear a really, a really lit podcast? Yeah. Check out. <laughs> uh, oh, I thought we'd done quite well at not appearing to be really middle-aged dads until that moment there, <laughs> which I started. All right, good. then. Cool. Well, um, give us some love. Please do, yeah. And we're all, we're all over the social media. I'm not going to go into it. Just find us. Yeah. If you're one of the four people that listen to this, I doubt it'll be very hard. You're probably friends with us on Facebook anyway, so, yeah, you know. Yeah, it's our brothers and sisters, so thanks very much. That's it. Thank you for listening. Big love to my man, Joe, who did the music. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, and Eamon, send us off. (laughs) Keep flushing. Bye. Bye.